Informed consent, getting to yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Johnson & Johnson Vision. Welcome. This is the Informed Consent, Getting to Yes podcast. I'm Marguerite McDonald of Ophthalmic Consultants of Long Island in Lindbrook, New York. Today's topic is about treating dry eye disease and MGD with Dr. D. Stevenson, president of the American Board of Eye Surgeons, principal at Stevenson Eye Associates in Venice, Florida, and associate professor of ophthalmology at the University of South Florida's Morsani College of Medicine, I discuss the value of having a dry eye specialist or dry eye champion in your practice. With Dr. Mark Contos, senior partner at the Empire Eye Physicians in Spokane, Washington, I discuss Lipiflow. And with Dr. Ahmad Fami, who runs the Extern program and who is past director of optometric services at Minnesota Eye Consultants with locations in the Minneapolis area, I discuss new lids. We'll begin with Dr. Stevenson. And they're told to do this, and they at least do treatment 
for two to three weeks before they come back for their A scan and pre-op treatment or pre-op testing. So she's already been this person. And oh my gosh, I didn't realize how important this was until patients come back saying, oh my God, my eyes have never felt better. Oh gosh. And I've actually canceled patient surgeries because they see funny. So she takes a lot of the burden and the time investment um, because these discussions can go on, but she takes that off your back and gets it done. We do, we do exactly the same thing. And isn't it wonderful because she can come to me and she can say, Dr. Stevenson, I really don't think Mr. Smith is ready for a cataract surgery because he's called me twice this week not really knowing how to use his medicine. And I, we went over it again. In fact, I even had him come back and he came in my room and I re-showed him how to do the hypochlor treatment or the Avanova treatment, you know? So she is kind of the temperature guide or the, uh, or, or the, the, the person that says, uh-uh, I don't think this person's ready because they're not, they're, they've not been doing what we've asked to do. So, that being said, you know, a champion is so important. And I, I can't run my practice without her. I mean, she's invaluable to me. And you know, uh, I'm so glad to hear you say this. There's the widespread misconception that if you care about dry eye, it will right. cannibalize your cataract practice and nothing could be further from the truth. Absolutely. And, and I have had, you know, numerous patients come from other practices who are not that they're bad practices. They just... They're high volume. They see the optometrist. They don't ever have a, 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 a go-to person. There's no Chris for them to call, you know, type of thing. And they come to me and they say, I just want somebody to, you know, take their time with me. And I said, you know what, Mrs. Smith, you got cataract, but you got other stuff going on. Until we fix the other stuff, I'm not taking your cataract out. And they're blown away. And, yes, not only do they stay with me, but they bring their husband, they bring their best girlfriend, and they bring two or three people that live in their community. So, like you said, absolutely, it is a practice builder, not a practice deterrent. Now, if you get them all tuned up, you and Chris, they're all tuned up now, their ocular surface disease is under good control, and right. you think they're a pretty good candidate now, say, for an EDOF lens. Do you right. say, by the way, you're going to hate this lens unless you keep all this up? I mean, do you explain to them that this is a long-term problem and it no, requires I, long-term I, I care? Tell, I tell them from the get-go. There is no cure. It will change the quality of your life if you stop doing what you're doing. It is forever, and it has to be as important as taking your heart medicine, as as seeing your grandchildren, as whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. Dee, this has been tremendous. Thank you, and I hope that you will come back and talk to us again, as you have before. We love having you. Wonderful to, to, to be with you. Next up for a conversation about Lipiflow and the overall value of treating dry eye is Dr. Mark Contos. Hi, Marguerite. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. Tell everybody a little about your practice in Spokane, Washington, and in that area. I know you have more than one office. 
Yeah, we're we're uh, you know we're up in the other part of Washington and northern Idaho that people don't. Everybody thinks of Seattle when they think of Washington, but on the east side is the second largest city in Washington, Spokane, and that's where our main office is. And then uh, just across the border in northern Idaho, we also have an office in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is kind of a small resort town that's growing rapidly, and uh, you know a lot of new patients or a lot of people moving in there, so it's kind of a growth area for our practice. Uh, and we've been in practice this practice has been in existence since uh, 1947 continuously, and uh, I've been in practice here for uh, 27 years. And uh, yeah, we're, we're primarily a cataract and refractive surgery practice. We have a very large dry eye portion to our practice, and then we also do some cornea work as well. But we work closely with a lot of optometrists. We have a, about 120 optometrists in, in our area here that we work with and see patients. Uh, you know, sometimes people are in rural areas and they have better access to optometrists than they do our office. So we work closely with those folks. Great. I know you've been um, a big fan of thermal pulsation therapy for some time now, uh, as am I. And how long ago did you get into it and how did you work it into your practice? Well, we, you know, we got started. Actually, I think you had a lot to do with us getting started. Uh, I remember, you know, years ago when you gave a, a lecture kind of relating to PRK and dry eye and, and you know, how kind of ubiquitous that was, you know, in the, in the post LASIK and PRK patient and what a significant issue that was. And we were doing a lot of refractive surgery at that time. And that kind of stuck with me. And so, you know, when when we had the optometrist in our office, Dr. Claypool, he he has a very strong interest in dry eye. And when he joined us, that gave us the opportunity about, oh, it's been maybe like six or seven years now that we've just been building on that and just kind of adding more and more things to dry eye. So really, as soon as the thermal pulsation became available back, you know, way before it was part or before Lipoflow was part of Johnson & Johnson, we brought it into our office and really embraced it and uh, made it a big part of our dry eye, you know, therapy. And, uh, and Dr. Claypool, you know, really should take the credit for all of that. And he's grown that part of our practice dramatically. But so we've had thermal pulsation really since the, the very beginning when it was available and, and have been using it, using it consistently since, just adding on to other aspects of it. Um, so it's been a big part of our practice for a long time. You know, there are um, a lot of misconceptions about it, one of which is that if you uh, suggested to a pre-op cataract patient or a pre-op LASIK patient, they won't then proceed with, uh, say, premium IOL surgery or femto surgery, or they won't go for wavefront-based ablations because they've already spent so much of their disposable income. I've found that not to be true. How about you? I would agree with you 100%. In fact, that's probably right now, I would say that's the that's probably the largest section of patient population that we're seeing, you know, the most interest in. I just finished clinic a little bit ago and you know, I had that discussion I think four times today about, you know, patients who are looking at premium IOLs who are kind of in the area where they're having some dry eye issues and that we need to address that before we do surgery. And they they readily accept that as as a part of the process. And, and we actually are now, you know, packaging that within the premium IOL, you know, uh, pricing. So when we have patients that uh, need some need, you know, to have dry eye addressed prior to surgery, 
you know, we just say, look, this is built into the pricing of our of our premium IOL patients for dry eye issues. And, you know, we're going to take care of all this beforehand. And if we need to do some things afterwards, we'll do that as well. I find it to be very helpful because it gets them on board with their dry eye issues early on in the process. And then you're not backtracking, uh, you know, after surgery, trying to explain to them, well, I think your dry eye is keeping you from seeing well. They're already on board with everything. And it just makes the whole process much smoother. Even if you bundle it uh, pre-op, Mark, do you make them understand that in order to continue to enjoy that EDOF IOL, they're going to have to periodically do more treatments? Yeah, no, and 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 we do, and and we say that you know this is gets you started, uh, and you know we'll we'll do this treatment before surgery, and then let's see how you do afterwards. And afterwards, if we need to do more, you know, then that's going to be a separate issue, and and you know its pricing is set separate. They know that dry eye is a chronic disease; we're not curing it, we're treating it, and that there's going to need to be treatments that are ongoing, you know, throughout their life, essentially. So how about the patients who are not coming for LASIK or cataract surgery? They just have significant ocular surface disease. So this isn't going to be bundled with a procedure. Do you find it fairly easy to explain the benefits and to convert them as well? It kind of depends. You know, in that patient population, it is a little bit different in that it kind of has to do with the severity of their symptoms a lot of the time, uh, you know, how 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 readily acceptable they are to have a procedure done like that. Uh, you know, the other thing that's awfully helpful for us too is mybography. You know, being able to show the patient, you know, gland loss uh, is a powerful tool, and it and it really is another thing that in that population is is a you know very helpful and helping to convert patients to see the benefits of this therapy. And so we kind of, you know, use a combined approach where it's, it's uh, you know, the severity of their symptoms combined with what their photography looks like and, and, you know, what their gland loss is at this point. But it's a little different in that group because we're not looking at an urgent issue like surgery or a really major, you know, thing like that. So for them, it's kind of like, well, I'll, you know, there, it's not uncommon for a patient to say, well, I'll think about that or, you know, let me kind of give that some thought or this or that before they make a decision. Other people, if they're they're really, you know, it's like I haven't had relief and nobody's paid any attention to my symptoms and nobody seems to want to do anything for me. And I come to, you know, and I've come to you guys and you guys are really, you know, have a lot to say and a lot to offer. And finally, somebody's listening to me. And a lot of people, even if they're dying to do it, even if they're thrilled that finally someone is listening to them, it's a big ticket item and it's not covered by insurance. We use care credit and I think we also use Alfion, but when patients pay a little bit each month with no interest for two years, that makes a huge difference. And we do the same, and and that's a crit, and it's very important. Right now, we're actually doing a lot of combination of of uh, thermal pulsation and IPL treatment. We're combining that in a price that allows people to have a, a lipoflow and four IPLs done at what we think is a pretty reasonable price point, and and that's been very popular. And uh, so we're excited to see kind of where that goes. The one issue with IPL is is right after you have it, you don't feel anything different, and it takes a while for the effects to be to be you know present. Whereas if you combine that with a lipoflow treatment, patients feel better right away. So it gives them a positive experience from the get-go. I can tell you that, you know, for us, from a financial standpoint, we've done really well with it. And that, that's never been the issue. We've never had a problem, uh, you know, with uh, thermal pulsation not being able to cover its cost. I mean, we're way beyond that, in fact. Well, I cannot thank you enough, Mark, for sharing your thoughts with us. We hope you'll come back for another Informed Consent podcast. Well, thank you, Margarita. It was a pleasure, and uh, I would love to be back anytime you'll have me. 
now to conclude our discussion of dry eye treatment with new lids, I'm pleased to welcome Dr. Ahmed Fahmy. So tell us a little more about your practice, how it runs, um, how many offices you go to, and then we'll get into how you discovered new lids. So we have uh, five different locations uh, in our in our practice. We have a uh, uh, an anterior, mostly an anterior segment, you know, focused uh, practice. It's a high surgical volume surgery, uh, you know, uh, center uh, where doctors of ophthalmology and opt- optometry work together in an integrated setting, and uh, we offer very specialized services to our patients in our in our community. So uh, a lot of uh, you know different types of uh, corneal procedures, of course, cataract and refractive surgery. Uh, and glaucoma. I've been here for over uh, 13 years now. My little, uh, you know, kind of niche is, is to take care of ocular surface disease, uh, glaucoma, and any other corneal uh, problems. And we work very closely with our surgeons. So Newlids is is a device that really, uh, I think, has been very effective for my patients for uh, debriding uh, kind of the keratinized lid margin. And um, those patients that have a significant amount of blepharitis where there is a significant amount of biofilm and debris along the lids that is causing some external obstruction to myobum delivery and and, and uh, compounding, uh, you, know, you know, kind of long-term in- inflammation to the lids. And so I found it to be very helpful for those, those patients. And, and that ends up being a significant amount of uh, my dry eye patients. Ahmad, do you, you have patients try it in the office and then they buy the unit and take it home or how, how does it work? I would like to get to that point, frankly. Right, right now, what I do is I explain, um, you know, what it is and how it's helped my, my other patients. Um, I think really the, a smart way to run a dry eye clinic is to have uh, a counselor or someone that can actually help you do uh, little demonstrations uh, like this. But I, I basically share my experience with it and let them know that when I do eyelid debridement in the office, this is the device that I that I choose, you know, for my patients. And then I, I point them to our online store where it's available for them to purchase it. And then we stay very closely connected to that, those patients. And if they have any questions, we certainly you know, go over it and then have them uh, come back in if they have further questions. But I, I think uh, really, if we uh, really want to do a super job of, of organizing a ocular surface disease clinic, I think having a counselor to help with some of these things would be really ideal. So if you would describe for the listeners, there are little disposable tips. Could you just sort of step through how the patient uses it? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like the biggest analogy that you've probably heard is it's kind of like a, you know, kind of electric toothbrush for your eyelid. And uh, so it's got a little, little sort of a magnetic tip on it. Uh, it's very soft. It's basically two little clicks. You basically turn it on uh, by depressing this button. Uh, but before that, you put this magnetic little round tip on it, which is very soft. And that's the part that's in contact with the lid margin. What I like about it is it has these little little sort of uh, uh, protrusions. It's not a perfectly soft uh, surface, and that uh, allows it to be more effective in getting an, a, an appropriate amount of that biofilm off of the lid margin. Do you find, um, is there any risk? Have you ever had a patient sort of treat their cornea with this instead of their lid margin? I have not, and I, I haven't had, it's, it's soft enough so that it actually, it will at some point get in contact with 
the conjunctival epithelium, and, and um, I have not had any patients have any corneal or conjunctival abrasions. And do you tell them to do it once a day or twice a day? If they're tolerating it well, I recommend that they use it once before bed, so once a day. But if they start to get a little bit of, you know, kind of lid, lid irritation or sensitivity, I usually will have them use it, you know, skip a day or skip two days. It's perfectly fine to do that. Um, but then the key is to just make sure that the lid margin looks like it's, it's a healthy lid margin, free of those obstructions that can get in the way of the mybum delivery to the ocular surface and, and without any uh, significant inflammation. So, uh, but most patients do really well with it if they're using it either once a day or once every other day. And do you ask them to put in a fresh chip every time they use it? I do. And, uh, and uh, you know, so I'm sure that some patients won't do that, though. But I, I recommend that they use a, a new tip every time. Do you ever find that there are patients where you would recommend an in-office treatment by you or your team, and then new lids at home in between? Absolutely. So, and, you know, I, I usually, you know, once I see that the tear, that the uh, lid margin is uh, has biofilm and, and debris on it, I'll ask the patient to start doing, you know, their their routine at home, and then I and I have them come back, and if it looks like you know they're really that they've gone from three plus to two point five plus uh, you know lid debris, then I'll really recommend that I do it in the office, um, and then most patients that have a significant amount of it, I just know that probably the best thing to do is to do a really thorough in-office treatment and then have them, you know, use it at home and try and maintain the results of that uh, in-office debridement. Do you ask them to bring in your new lids device and I'll do it for you in the office? Right. Yep. Yeah. And then we have one in, in the office as well. Just think, you know, if the patient didn't bring theirs, we have it available in our clinics. I think there'll be many listeners who realize that this is a great way to get into lid debridement. Uh, and removal of biofilm, uh, both as an in-office procedure and as an at-home procedure for patients. So I can't thank you enough, Ahmed. Of course. Happy to do it. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that concludes our discussion on approaches for treating dry eye. I'd like to once again thank my three esteemed guests for their insights, Dr. D. Stevenson, Dr. Mark Contos, and Dr. Ahmed Thami. Please keep an eye out for the next episode of Informed Consent, Getting to Yes. Informed Consent, Getting to Yes, is editorially independent content supported with advertising by Johnson & Johnson Vision.